Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always just a little bit of entertainment. It is finally race week. I can't believe I'm actually saying that again. It has been such a long road to get to here, but excitement is building to the Super Sapiens Ironman UK this Sunday in Bolton. I am as giddy as a goat to finally get back on the microphone and to embrace the excitement, adrenaline and joy of triathlon racing again. It's not without a little bit of apprehension and nervousness though, but that's all part of racing, whether as an athlete or an announcer. Add COVID-19 into the mix and it adds another dimension altogether, but it is great to be on the road back to racing. It was great to see so many races taking place over the weekend. Racing certainly is back with a bang and wow, some of those performances were superb. Masterclasses, in fact, in the art of triathlon racing. Did you watch any of the live feeds? Were you racing? What impressed you most about the performances? And what are you most looking forward to when you start your next race? Last Friday, I had the pleasure of being part of an inspiring panel of female athletes for Triathlon Ireland's Women's Wellbeing Week. Moderated by the wonderful Nikki Bradley, she had her hands full with myself, Laura Siddle and Hannah Shields telling stories of our adventures in sport. It was weird to be on the other side of the microphone for a change, but lots of fun and the crack was mighty too. Nikki, Laura and Hannah have been guests on the podcast too, so if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, be sure to check them out. In other exciting news, I finally have my new Try Talking Sport website up and running. Whilst we have yet to officially launch the site and the new performance hub, you can take a sneak peek of it over on www.trytalkingsport.com. I'd love to know what you think. There are plenty of tweaks still to be made, but I am delighted to finally get it over the line. Who knew how much work it takes to redesign and develop a new website? Before we dive into this episode... Amidst all of the excitement of getting back to a microphone, it is tinged with sadness, with the passing of two great men in Galway. Pat Kilban, a former member and treasurer of Galway Tri Club, passed away on Monday, leaving behind his wife Jane and two young children. Our community and club members who knew him are both shocked and saddened at his sudden passing and a life taken away too soon. On Sunday morning, a dear friend, Pat McCabe, passed away also suddenly. He too was taken too soon, always full of life, fun and divilment. We had some great adventures and crack over the years. He and his wife Sarah have been a huge part of my life in Galway and I will miss him dearly. I am so sad for Sarah, their children Barry, Grace and Killian, their family and the wide circle of friends Pat has gathered around him. There's so much I would like to say but words aren't coming easy. Pat had a a huge impact on my life, was a great friend, mentor and support to me. We clicked from the minute we met many years ago and have never looked back. A piece of my heart broke on Sunday. If there is one thing to take from the passing of these wonderful men, it is life is short and we do not know what is around the corner. So embrace life to the fullest, tell people you love them and don't be afraid to follow your dreams. In following dreams and embracing life, Brian Fogarty is doing just that. Our guest on this week's podcast, the 2019 Ironman UK champion, has worked hard to earn that title and continues to follow his passion for sport with grit and determination. 
He has a string of wins to his name, including fastest overall amateur at Ironman Lanzarote in 2019, which saw him finish 11th overall on the day, as well as multiple age group wins at Ironman UK before breaking the tape as the overall winner in 2019. Racing in Kona six times, he has had some super results on the Big Island in Hawaii. His most recent in 2019 saw him finish in 9.02. This Sunday, Brian toes the line of Ironman UK, eager to deliver a performance that will see him on the podium and qualified for Kona once again. Brian gives us some insight in this episode to his journey in sport, from his days as a footballer to a keen marathon runner before taking up triathlon and excelling in the sport. It hasn't been plain sailing for Brian to get to where he is today, but with courage and commitment, he has embraced the opportunity to be the best athlete he can be, all whilst balancing a busy work and home life. In his own words, exercise is my drug. Enjoy the show. Brian Fogarty, we are in the lead up to Ironman UK 2021. You were the overall winner. In fact, you're the most recent winner of Ironman UK in Bolton from our race in 2019. Longest reigning champion. <laughs> Longest reigning champion. How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm very well, Joe. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not quite as excited as you, I don't think. But, <laughs> but yeah, I cannot wait. It's just been a long time coming, hasn't it? God, it's been mental. Tell me a little bit about, you know, getting to the start line of Ironman UK and being the winner. Uh, we'll go back and talk about your background in sport in a few minutes, but let's just go straight back into 2019 and crossing the finish line of the Ironman UK. What was it like? I mean, you were there, you could tell how, how emotional I was at the time. It, it, it was a dream come true. When you start, when I started up in, the, in this, this journey, this journey, like to... You, you're finishing your first one, you're like an hour behind and you just can never imagine ever being where them top guys are when they're finishing. And to actually get that opportunity to have that that stage where I could cross the line first and hold up the banner and see my family. I mean, because the, the, the special thing about Bolton is it's on my doorstep. I live I live basically on the course. So I've just, just grown up when I, since I've been in it. That's been my race because it's my jungle. I know, the, I know the course better than anybody. And um, it's been a long time coming, and I thought this this opportunity with, with things how things panned out in, in nineteen. Thought, wow, this. I mean, in seven seventeen, I come fourth overall, first amateur. I thought, God, what a chance! I may, I may never get this chance again. So you, you've got to you've got to grasp it. And thank the Lord, I, I did. And um, memories I'll live with me forever. Just a special, special moment. There's a lovely photograph of you crossing the finish line with the crowds going absolutely wild. I think we'll have maybe a little slightly different race day on the 4th of July. But then there's a gorgeous photograph of you sitting in a deck chair, proud as punch, as if you have just literally had every single dream in sport come true. It, it was, yeah. I never really understood the deck chair thing. It just seemed someone just said, sit on that and get a picture. Um but yeah, it was nice. It was, it was, it was just everything was quite. It's actually quite surreal. Even now, I, I sometimes see a picture. I'm like, God, I actually, God, I actually did that. I, I still sometimes have to pinch myself. But it's not come easy. It was, it was a seven-year endless pursuit of day in, day out of, of ups and downs throughout the the, the way. Um, but yeah, when it, when it happened, just. Yeah, just unbelievable, unbelievable. And 
I think what's quite interesting as well, Brian, is um, we know, and you won't take offence when I say that, we know you're not the strongest of swimmers, but you're an absolute demon on the bike and the run. And, you know, looking back at the results, uh, you were 11 minutes behind the pack in the swim, yet you won the race overall by 10 minutes. That's a massive deficit and um, time to make up over the course of the race. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it it was quite comfortable. the thing was with the race, there's a few unknowns that come come to the race. I think obviously quite a few people sensed that it was a good opportunity. Good good amateurs and, and there's one specific guy, an Italian lad, who was catching me on the marathon like at a real rate. Um the thing was he was catching me that fast. I sort of knew he was running too fast. And I was staying pretty strong. So in the end, the, the deficit he made up sort of drifted away. Um but yeah, just making up the time on the swim is something I've just, just got used to. Um, it's just my background I'm, I'm not a swimmer I'm working hard at it and I've got up to a good level but I mean you know it, the, the game enough now Joe yourself to know I, I, my circumstances just don't allow me at the moment to fully commit to uh, to putting that big chunk of time in and swim to, to make them deficits so I just accept it I think like, if I didn't accept it I'd just be constantly frustrated and, dis- and like upset so I just accept it and try and minimise it and, and, and work to my strength and, and Bolton works to my strength with being such a tough bike course, and me knowing the course, it, it, it you know it does work well. Um, so yeah, it, it, it panned out, pan, pan out all right in the end. Let's go back a little bit, Brian, and talk about your background in sport because you were a footballer. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I've been a footballer all my life. Um, I, I left school and signed for, for, for professionally for Burnley Football Club. Um, spent three years there as a, as a full-time pro, uh, footballer. Um, injuries and, and things didn't pan out and it sort of just I just lost a bit of love with it really um, as a lot of people do when they get released and sort of the dream the dream of being a pro football player disappears um, it's probably similar route to, to, to your man Brian McChrystal uh, he, he was I mean he was a top player I believe and uh, we just just put all our maybe some physical qualities that we have into a different a different avenue and, and, and flourished into into good athletes Um and what I love about this sport, though, Joey, is, is it's down to me. It's down to me and me only how good I potentially could be or, or not be. Um, and I like that. In terms of football team game, it's, it can be a little bit frustrating. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's worked well. I, I just love the sport so much. So how did you get involved in the first instance? Um, I go pretty deep here, but, but, but basically um, I left football and, and became a, I, was, I just got into running. Um, and then I, I, I was full full. Fully into that, you know, um, did a few marathons and had an element of talent with that, but got a lot of injuries and had a few problems. It, it, um, lost my way a bit, to be honest. Um, and and because I couldn't run, and for like most people, exercise is my release. It, it's my drug, basically. Um, I couldn't do it with being injured. Um, I had like a serious stress factor in my shins, overtrained and, and undernutrition, really, was, was the cause. But it was quite serious and I needed something to, to fill that void. So then I started doing a lot of cycling on the indoor bike at gyms and things. And this this thing of Ironman just, just came into my life. It, it, it was just like, wow, Ironman, that's, that just sounds like out, way out there. You know, back then, I mean, that was 10 years ago. So, you know, it's how much it's evolved a lot since then. But God, I, I, I think I could do that. And it was just, I just needed that thing in my life to, to set me on, on a positive track and, and obviously, with, with, the, with the injury, I could, you can element, you can cross train a lot, can't you? Really, ultimately, you're always cross training. But it allowed me to build my fitness bike and the injury. And um, yeah, I just set on the journey of, I just entered an Ironman in Switzerland. 
Um, and, and that was it. I was doing it with like never swam, never ridden outside, basically. Once I did that and, and got that fulfillment from it, I was addicted. You mentioned that you kind of lost your way. Was that from being released from the football, the disappointment of not realizing your dream, or or what was it? Yeah, I think there was an element of that. Um, I, I actually, yeah, I went down the route. I, I developed an eating problem. Um, basically, I said I could go into too too much depth, but when I was in my, in football, uh, you do a lot of like weight training, and I was quite I was quite muscular, and then I got into running, and, I, and to be a top top runner. You know, you can see they're all absolutely they weigh nothing, don't they? They're, they're lean as can be. And it was that desire to, to, to be to be like that. Um just got a bit too much and I just sort of going down the wrong path and I was doing a lot of starving myself and, and other disorders. And um and yeah, it was it was a rocky road for 18 months or so, a bit of a secret problem I had. Um I'm quite antisocial with it. You, you you just live in a bit of um you become I became a bit of a recluse really. Um and it was it was a thing that the Iron Man just, just pulled me out of that over time. Um, and it was it, honestly, yeah, it was my saviour. Don't get me wrong; everyone has issues and problems, but I, I was definitely on a on a bit of a. I lost my way, let's say, and I was I was a bit um, I come a bit unstuck. And, and Iron Man was without a doubt the direction I needed to just pull me out of it. Now I can really understand why winning Iron Man in 2019 was such a huge emotional. Thing for you and a sense of achievement even more so now than when we talked earlier yeah yeah because everyone has a story you know generally and if you dig deeper it just generally goes deeper you know a lot a lot deeper than people sort of think on the surface but yeah there was a, yeah it was it was it, it was it played a big part in me re- rebuilding my life um in, from, from a like be, deep ingrained you know not from the surface what people see well people with lots of problems on the on the surface it can look great, can't they? I mean, people from the outside think, oh, and, and so especially now with social media and, and the way everything's portrayed, it's it's, it's a minefield. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was, I was. Um, it's a bit of a funny one because really, it's quite embarrassing. You know, at the time I was quite embarrassed with it. So you, you live a you, you live a secret little world there for a long time. It was only when it got to a point that I started reaching out and getting help, and uh, I got myself back on the straight and narrow. Um, going forward on long term, I, I'd like to help people with it because I. I I see people now who have problems and they don't even realise it. You, you do, you tend to find that. Um, you can maybe identify some of the factors or the triggers or things like that. And and as a male, it's probably not as prevalent as it would be with females. Massively, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and it, 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 it's all, it's like you go on a diet and it, it's, one, it's healthy to a point and then, when you're a certain character, you can take it too far, and before you know it, you've got lost a bit, and you've just dug a big hole, and you can't see the light. And that's where I got to all the time. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was mad. It was mad. And I'll be honest, I've never actually really opened up publicly about this. There's, there's people know close to me. Um, I suppose I'm strong enough now to, to actually be, be, be quite content in, in telling people. Thank you for, for sharing that with us, because I think it's important that, you know, our listeners, they, they see you, you talk about social media, we see you as the champion for Ironman UK 2019, but we never really know what goes on behind the scenes. We know you're a busy man. We know you have two babies now. You're working 40, 50 hour a week in your own business. And from the outset, you look like you are absolutely living the dream. You know, just, we- just, I will just say, George, just while I'm on, I don't forget, if anybody does listen to this and, and I feel like they, they have a things just honestly just reach out I, I, I love I love helping people 
I love it. Any advice I can give, I, I will do it, no doubt, because it's, it's not a nice place. A difficult situation for, for people to um, to be in. Brian, talk to me a little bit about how you manage your nutrition now so that it positively impacts your performance and the importance of fueling correctly for all of your racing and all of your training and all the bits I just mentioned, which is like, I'm sure you wish there was probably another 65 hours in the week. Yeah, well, funnily enough, Joe, if you eat, you actually perform quite well. <laughs> But at the time, so yeah, you, you're doing the training. You, you've quite simply, you've got to fuel to perform. Uh, you've got to give your body what it needs when it needs it. Um, funny enough, I've just come from a meeting with a guy, and I'm looking to take this on another level with, with this year. This this race with, with a proper proper plan going into Bolton. Um, a guy called Sam McKenzie, Science to Health. You know, we've got a plan for somebody that. It's bang on. It's, it's, I've done lots of testing, um, and it's specific to me. So I'm, I've gone a little bit next level with it this time. Previously, it's been a little bit of guesswork. Um, so I'm hoping that's going to give me another couple of percent, to be honest. So I'm, I'm excited. But just generally speaking, in terms of nutrition, if you're doing the hours, you know, you've, you've got to get the food in. And do you know what I find interesting, Joe, regarding diets and nutrition? People are always looking for the secret answer, the secret. And there isn't one. If, if people are honest with themselves about what they eat, they, we all know what's right, don't we? We do. We do. And we're just not. We just want, sometimes we want someone to tell us, but we know it's just cut out the crap and, and generally speaking, you'll be all right. I mean, the 80-20 rule is the one, I think. I know, it's so hard though, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you do the training and, and you can enjoy those treats a bit more as well, can't you? So. I know, I suppose, but then the other side of it is, you know, you do the training and then you think you deserve too many magnums and a toil and a packet of crisps. <laughs> After a swift race and you're like, no wonder we're not losing any more weight. My biggest challenge at the moment is trying not to go to the fridge because I got train tracks on my teeth. So every time I eat, I have to wash my teeth. I'm going to be skinny in about six weeks, I'd say, because I'm just not eating any treats. No more caramel slices for a year. Um, but anyway, we will get there. Hopefully we'll have a bit of weight loss with it as well, which is good. Um, before we go talking about Bolton specifically and your your kind of your training towards Bolton, you've also gone sub 10 uh, in Kona. Um, 9.32 in, in 2013, 9.38 in 2014, and you were back in 2019 as well. I know you've been there quite a few times at just over nine hours in 2019. Um, what did it take to go those fast times in Kona on those occasions? To be honest, I haven't yet had a good race in Kona. And um, the, the, the last year in 99, last time in 19 was my best. Um, I didn't go into it with, with, with great prep as well on the weather. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm a bit harsh on myself. Maybe it's the standards I'm setting, um, I just feel I haven't fulfilled my potential from, from, from certainly races like Bolton and the, the tougher races that I, I do on, on, on tough courses. The, the thing out there is just really... Any tip to anyone racing out there, certainly in your first time, is, is just lower your, your, your expectations and, and just don't push it. If you could just, just hold back them few percent the whole way, because that heat out there is nothing that you will ever experience until you've done it. Um, and this, the, the, my best result in, was in 19, and, and I went right back. So believe it or not, my, my, when I was new and I didn't have a clue about anything in 2013, that was up to 19. That was my best performance. And I'd improved so much. But the problem was, because I was improving, my expectations were getting higher. And I was actually having the reverse effect. Um, 
So in 19, I literally just said, right, you, you, and, and it actually helped because I wasn't so good going in and out of virus. And I said, right, well, let's just bring it all back. Let's just cruise. The, you know, the swim was the swim for me a little bit. I was damaged limitation, but the bike, just hold back, hold back, run, hold back, hold back. And by doing that, I, I got my best, best result. My best, and is, my best that, is that your best result in all of the Ironman races that you've done? No, no. My best results probably Lanzarote in in nineteen. I did that and I punched. I lost fifteen minutes with a puncher and, and still won the amateurs and actually beat the guy, a Portuguese lad, um, who actually won corner in nineteen. So that gave me the confidence knowing that I'm I'm doing a good performance in corner where I believe I can I can compete to, to, to try and um, to try and you know get 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 sort of right up there. And do you not think three Ironman distance races in the one year was a lot to put the body under? Not if you train right, no. Um, personally, no. I've, I've done it now for probably six six years, um, three three a year. Um, you've got to know your body. You've got to train right. Um, but no, I, I I don't think so. No, and and, and probably more so these days. The, 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 new, the new lads coming into the game, you. You can't worse. Joe's, Joe's, your skipper, Joe does, does plenty, doesn't he? And he doesn't seem to suffer. Um, maybe it's just different people, different physiology. Uh, but, but no, I, it seems to work all right for me. People ask only a lot, like, how do you do it? And you're like, well, it's what I train for. It is what I train for, so. So talk to me about your training because, you know, we've already mentioned the, you know, 40 hours a week of work. The two young children, you're the company director and your family run business. It's a busy, busy life. So how do you fit your training in? And without going into too much detail around the different sessions, you know, what sort of hours of training or levels of training are you putting in every week? I I average, I mean, I'm a big believer in quality over quantity. Um, I just don't believe in endless miles, endless hours. I, I literally only average 14, 15 hours a week. Training, um, yeah, um, I, I try and I, I do get tired. I do, I do get tired, but um, I'll, I'll, I structure it to a point where sort of six weeks out, but it's an Ironman, maybe maybe eight weeks I'll start lengthening things. But as a rule, I probably don't average more than sixteen hours a week. Um, early starts, and like I said to you just off camera with with, with because I am I am very I do count myself being very lucky with with my own business. Although I do do a lot of hours that. I can come and go a little bit as I please. So, you know, I'm not, you know, that, that is the case. So I am very fortunate with that. But I, I've, I've worked hard to get to that point, you know. it's um, We all have our own circumstances and our own excuses. Um, but it is hard. Anyone that does well, they have to work hard and put in the hours. So when you say you start early in the morning, I think anything before six o'clock is the middle of the night. So what time do you start at? I, I, I get up now at five o'clock every morning. Um, yeah, it's funny because... It's like when 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 the race was getting closer and closer, and I was been off the like, I just flick, flick the switch. I'm up before my alarm because I've got this right Fourth of July, Fourth of July. You, you need to be ready. So um, yeah, I've no issues getting out of bed at all. And I I know you raced last week, but you weren't very happy with your performance. But in general, how has the preparation gone for Bolton? Um. Good, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, well, regarding last week, actually, the, the outlaw, um, it, the, the, the result wasn't good, but I was actually happy with my performance, and it, it's quite interesting how you, you, people can, you know, obviously look at stuff and make an assumption, I, I had a panic, I had a panic attack in the swim, uh, I'm not ashamed to say, I had a bit of a, 
Yeah, the nightmare. Um, but I'm glad I got it out. This is why I wanted to race to get these things out of my system. I mean, it's the first time it's happened to that level. Um, a few factors I've had to throw in, really. I mean, basically two years out of the open water, 18 months without swimming. So I'm, I've only got pulls on the open so about weeks ago. So I'm, I'm on the back foot as it is being a non-swimmer. Um, it was it was a good field. You can't get in the water prior now. There are loads of factors that just seem to... So a <laughs> bit of a schoolboy error, one I'll not make again. New, wet, new, new tri-suit underneath, uh, too tight. So I got off and literally I was like a minute in and I'm, <laughs> I'm on my bike, blue wave canoes. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Um, so I, I composed myself. I, I finished the swim in, in, in not good time, but I got so I just right, okay, it's all about two weeks. Just, just get back, get back enjoying your race, passing you know, on. Just, just, it was good being back. Um, so I just made, made mistakes that I, I won't make in two weeks. Um, I had a good bike and a good run. So there's a lot to take from it. But yeah, don't wear a, tight, a, a tri suit that's too tight. It's, it's not good for the old uh, breathing. And how important is it to make those mistakes on your non-A race? I'm sure you would have liked to have done better in that race as a results-wise. I know you're happy with your performance. But, you know, for, for athletes that are maybe in a similar situation to you, because lots of athletes haven't had access to pools or open water, you know, their race day nutrition, their flying mount on the bike, you know, transition changing. There's loads of different elements where things can go wrong on, on race day. So how important is it that people are practicing maybe between, well, this show is out on Wednesday, so they don't have much time to get much practice in, but to just be aware of where the errors can happen. Yeah, just, just listen to people that have, have, if you've not done one before, just 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 listen to people who've had these errors. I mean, just do your basics, check your bike over, check, do 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 a few reruns, you know, with, with, as as race setup. Um, but I'm I'm a big fan of racing. Racing, I love racing. Race is the fun bit for me. Um, and good or bad, whether you, you're racing a course that's not your forte or it is, we can all get too hyped up in results and, and things. Sometimes you, you just got to remember you, you, you're up against yourself. If you take something positive from any any race, it's a good thing, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure lots of people say, "Oh, bloody Brent, fancy bloody hell, he's way off." But I know I wasn't. I, I know where I'm at. And my training's gone well. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm so excited. I've, I've worked hard to get get really lean for this race because um, it's hilly. So I'm hope I'm hopeful for for a really really good race. What are you most looking forward to? This year, the the marathon. I think. Yeah. How, how can you even say you're looking forward to the marathon? I've put in the hours. I, I just know I've put in more miles than I've ever done. I'm probably a good couple of kilograms lighter. Um, yeah, it's something because I've sort of got a bit of a reputation of, of being a strong biker, decent runner and a poor swimmer. And I sort of want to, not for, not for other people, but for me, I want to sort of change that that, that thought, that, that perception of me and, and bring out the run that I believe I can. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully I can, can back it up. And in terms of your swim training, because I, I know you mentioned at the start, you'd have to invest an awful lot of time to make a small number of gains on swimming. But what have you done to improve your swimming over lockdown? Nothing. I haven't been able to, quite simply. Um, yeah, it, I've, I've done your, your, your dry land stuff, but in all in all honesty, we all know that that doesn't really ever replicate actually getting that feel for the water. Um, time in the pool is so important, just getting that feel for the water, and I just I have not been able to do it. That simple. So I, all that I've done, I've just tried to turn it to positive, put more time into my biking, drift racing. I've loved it. Um, certainly last year, I put a lot of time into, into cycling and committed to like, I come second in the national 12-hour 
um, Championship, which was a, a new thing for me and a chance to just an opportunity um, to have a go at it. And, and, and I tell you what, they're not easy. Um, and to come second, and I was leading for like for twelve twelve hour race, but for, not, for eleven hours and fifteen minutes, I was leading inside so a mechanical. Um, but what a great experience that I will bring in. I will come back to me. That that's in my mind. That will come back to me in, in, in ten days' time when I'm racing and I've got got a few dark moments. I'll just be thinking about that. That twelve-hour time trial. There's not much harder than that. So, how much do you love your bike? Because I love my bike lots. <laughs> I love my bike a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, do you mean you actually love the bike riding or your actual bike? Oh I, well, I've named all of my bikes. Have you got names for your bikes? I should have, shouldn't I? I'll, I'll have to name it my, my, my daughter's my daughter's names probably. No, you can't do that. No, 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 no. It's got to be somebody different. So I have I have Freddie, who's my road bike. I've Teddy, who's my time trial bike, who I do all my zifting on. And then I've Jerry the Giant, who was my very first racing road bike when I took up triathlon in 2009. And oh, so Freddie, Freddie and Teddy are felt bikes. So it just felt good that they should be brothers and should be rhyming. And, you know, I have great fun with them. But no, I love riding my bike, too. I've got to call mine Scotty then. It's a Scott, so Scotty. There we go. Scotty. You know, I was talking to Kim Morrison uh, in our previous podcast, and she says, I just love to ride my bike fast. That that's what she absolutely loves, riding her bike fast. But there is something about feeling the wind rattling or rustling through your through your helmet when you're riding your bike fast. Now, I'd be going nowhere as fast as you are, Kim, but it is it is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's an adrenaline rush there, isn't there? It is just a lovely feeling. Um, yeah, we all love speed, don't we? Do you think, will running become your favourite if you do well in the marathon in Bolton? Running running was my, was my favourite initially. I come from that running background, um, but I, I've just I put so much into my biking and I quite quickly got to a level which has been the reason I've got to where I've got is, is because there's, there must have been some natural ability on the bike that, that I've had. Um, so I am actually very split. I, I absolutely do love both. Um, I just love swimming. <laughs> but but I actually, I said that, but then when, when I see breakthroughs at swimming, I, I also love swimming as well because, you, you know, it's so tough, isn't it? It's, a, it's such a technical one. Where the other two, the more work you put in, you, you automatically improve. But swimming, you, you, the harder you try, you can you can end up going backwards. It's, it's a real, uh, it's a real frustrating one. And it's a conscious decision you have to make as well to like look at the time you can spend in the pool versus time you can spend on the bike or the run, and the marginal gains you'll make or the the bigger gains you'll make from being on the bike or run versus being in the pool. Exactly that, Joe. Yeah, exactly that. I have to just. I have to weigh up my time and how I utilise it to, to the best of my ability. Now, swimming is great. I love, you know, I love to swim more, but my circumstances at this moment just don't dictate that. Like, one hour swim is, is like a three-hour round trip. I can get that done with a brick, with a brick up where, where my office is and my gym upstairs. I can, my time management is just a lot easier. So it's just, just how it is. And I said to you, I just accept that for what it is. Um, and by that way, I can work it well. Do you have a very structured schedule every day or every week? Yeah, I'm I'm structured, but I'm not. I'm also I'm I'm a coach now as well. I also allow that flexibility because you, you have to have that flexibility when you've got a busy lifestyle. Your child get ill, child needs something. Your child that's priority. That that's how it has to be. So you, I think it's healthy to have that little bit of, of adjustability with, with any training. Um, 
because you can't. It's it's over weeks and weeks. Progress is done over weeks and weeks, not not one or two days, you know. Um, and when you're consistent with that, you can you can sort of juggle your training to, to suit quite you know quite often. Before we start looking at Bolton, I want to ask you what was life like during lockdown? Did you take up any new hobbies? No, just more biking. I, I just got into Zwift. I, I must admit, I was a real convert to Zwift. I think it's brilliant. I love it. It's yeah, it's, it's it's awesome, isn't it? It really is that good. And the races on there, I mean, so it's, we're so lucky, really. I think to, to have that. A lot of us to you know give us that ability to keep pushing and, and keep working on on things. Ultimately, enjoy it. Well, this is it, and definitely to help build fitness and power and confidence as well. I mean, I loved seeing the my weight go down and my power go up. I was so excited about the numbers. I'm not a total numbers nerd, but I would be into my numbers. And then it was the whole camaraderie and community that we had on Zwift. So we do a, a Monday night spin that most of our listeners will be aware of with uh, Team RWB and Oliver Harkin. So we have a spin on Zwift on a Monday night, which has just been a lifesaver for so many of us, myself included. But the Zwift racing, its you'll, I think you'll never, and I say this all the time, I don't think I'll ever push myself as hard on the road as I will when I'm stuck in the corner of my kitchen roaring at Teddy while I'm on the TT bike on a Zwift super tuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's true. And the thing is, I, I was a skeptic, and I thought I was doing team time trials with, with some of the lads from Tri Central, and they were like, I, I've never pushed myself as hard in my life on the bike. And I was like, this can only be good. How can it not be good? Whether you, I mean, I, I am worried. You've got to be a little bit with Zwift. You, you've got to be aware. You can't take it too seriously because of numbers and, and, and whatnot and we all know nothing's like the, the, the real world but um but wow at the end of the day if it if it makes you push yourself to limits you wouldn't do it you wouldn't normally do it then it's win-win and as a training tool it was very positive during those dark winter winter nights of um of lockdown looking beyond bolton what are the plans for the future have you already qualified for kona or are you hoping to qualify in bolton yeah i'm um I know there's, there's, you know, we don't know what 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 the future holds regarding traveling there and whatnot. But but yeah, with everything that's happened, that I just what it's made me appreciate is how short life is. Um, and when you get an opportunity, you've got to take it because you just do not know what's around the corner. Um, my mum, dad, and family love going to corner. It's like they look, they think it's paradise. I mean, it is, isn't it? So yeah, if I qualify for corner, I, I'm 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 taking that slot definitely. Have you added pressure to to qualify now because the family want a holiday? Well, yeah. The, the, I mean, with the way it's gone recently, I mean, I, I, in theory, without being too presumptuous, I, I like to think I should qualify. Um, but anything can happen, you know. We, we know that anything can happen, so I don't. I certainly don't take it for granted. But they don't put pressure on me to be honest, Joe. I, I put put it on myself, but I do know the pressure's there, so it doesn't matter if they put it on me or not. I know it's there. Uh, and and how do you yeah. deal with race day pressure, Brian? I mean, you are going in there as the defending champion, the longest standing defending champion for the <laughs> Ironman UK for 2021. Um, you know, race day pressure, nerves, butterflies. Uh, apprehension. Um, just uh, with me this year, it's just going to a bit of a, an unknown in, in terms of how I can perform because I, I believe I've, I've never been fitter. Um, so I'm excited. Um and I think, again, with everything that's happened, we, we can all get too carried away and get nervous. And, and, and it's all our mindset, you know. It's all how we, we approach it in our mind. Ultimately, 
God, we just need to realise how lucky we are to be back racing. So I, I I like to think I'm a happy happy racer anyway. I'm always trying to I always try and smile and and, and acknowledge people who who, who, who are uh, encouraging me. So I'm just going to enjoy every moment of it. And what what will be will be. You can only control what you can control. So yeah, I'll just keep reminding myself of that. And I have to. Don't get me wrong. I, I sometimes do wonder. Um, thinking about other people who are turning up and this and that, but but what what's the point? You know, we've got to, we've, we've got to remember we do this because we enjoy it. Certainly, us guys, it's not our job. We don't get paid. So if, if as soon as we start forgetting that, we need to reassess, don't we, and uh, find out what our real motives are. We all get them. I think if you, if you don't get them, then it's not natural because we, we should get them. We should embrace the nerves and, and the, uh, the but it's. Change it into feeling like excitement over nerves. I think again, it's just controlling your mind and how you, how you, uh, how you think things through. And would you have any race day rituals that you do every time you go to race? Like particular things you might do, like with regards to the pre-race activity or the morning of the race, or the way you do things that you always do it that way because you're afraid if you don't do it that way, something might go wrong. Um. I don't think I do have any superstitions like that really. Nothing, nothing to. I, I stick to, I stick to my, my, my routine with porridge in the morning. Um, generally, chicken and rice at night, the night before. I just do things that I'm used to doing. I, I don't do anything. No, I don't do anything like that's a bit quirky. Just no. You don't have really. favorite like gear or favorite thing that you'll always wear for a race or. I just I always have my chain on my cross and uh, no I don't I'll be honest. So I always send me prayers and just, just hope that I get through safely and stuff. But no, I'll just take it in my stride now. Again, it comes with experience, doesn't it, though? You, 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 I've done a lot now, so they're not as as big a deal as what they would be for someone that's just doing the first. You know, I've got that experience now, so I'll just try and take it in my stride, really. I know Ironman Bolton was definitely a highlight of your Ironman or triathlon career to date, but is there any other race that stands out as being as good or maybe better an experience for you? Yeah, well, I, I've, because of my strength, Joe, I, I do the tough courses. I've, I've, I've done some of the flat ones, a couple, and I've just never, because the dynamics that get involved, and, and it's, hard to, it's hard to referee sometimes with, with, with the, the way the courses are. So I, I do your hard ones, and, and I love Wales. I've done that once, and I love that. I, I, that was, that was a, that's a real one that I'd love to go back and do. I, I always do Lanzarote, always. Because it suits me as a course, family get a holiday. It's just an amazing setup. I love, I love Lanzarote. I love Wales. I love Bolton. I love Cornwall. And people say, "Oh, you might you do others, but why change it when I love them?" And and they suit me, so I don't really care. I just for me, I'll be doing them till I'm fifty. <laughs> I just they're just great. They're just really I'm, good. I'm seeing a pattern there between the holidays, Lanzarote and Kona. <laughs> exactly, and, and and Wales. We have such a good time down in Wales. 2017, 18, I think. What a race! You, you, you do that as well, don't you? That race, yeah. I remember, I remember you commenting. Um, great atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. It's, and I have to say, I am a little bit biased because Wales was the very first Ironman full distance event that I announced. So, and I do have a bit of a grow for Tenby because we used to go there as kids and stay in Killen Park when we were 
smallies um, over in our trailer tent over to Killen Park coming over from, from Cork. So I do have a little bit of um, an affiliation with Wales. And I just think the people of Wales are amazing. They're so welcoming, so open. Yeah. and They just love Ironman. But Bolton, yeah. again, you see Bolton is, is just such a, a unique race as well. Um, and Sheep House Lane, we've got a question in from the Sheep House Lane wrestlers for you <laughs> in just a couple of minutes. But before we get to questions that came in from the audience, I want to quickly talk about Bolton, some tips for the athletes who may be racing on Sunday that are listening in today. What would be your top three tips for getting the most out of yourself for race day on Sunday? I will give one tip that's a bit different to that. Uh, it's, if, it's, if you're new to it, or even if you're not, you've not done it for a while, the first section going out onto the main road, you've got some big speed bumps. Now, I don't generally see it, but I see the bottles, even from the top guys that are in front of me. So be careful because there's many an athlete that lost all the nutrition within the first minute of getting on the bike. So bear that in mind. Um, now, regarding the race, um, obviously it goes without saying wrecking the course is is a big plus, even if you can drive a lap. I mean, it's three laps this time, so it's a bit more feasible to, to have a drive round in a, in a day or two before the race if you're coming from far away. Um, so ideally you'd like to have done a bike of it, but even if you just drive it, it will give you a bit of an idea of what you're in for. Be careful on the descents. Um, there are some. It's, it's challenging course, so obviously, they're, 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 as you've got your, your inclines, you've got your, your, your ascents, you've got your descents. So be careful of that. The run, a bit prepared for the run because it is it is a tough tough run with a good drag up and out in and out of town. Um, so just bear that in mind on your first lap. Don't be getting silly on your first lap because you've got four of them, so they will bite you in the backside if you don't. What else is there really? Um, no, just embrace it. Just embrace the whole day and, and, and get the energy off the crowd. It's a really good organised event. There's not much you can do wrong. If you're new to Ironman, just, just don't don't uh, neglect your nutrition because however fit you are, if you don't do that, as as many an athlete of top athlete have shown in, in big races, if you, if you if you neglect that, you just you've got no chance. Um, you just forget any 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 aspirations you have of a good performance because it's gone. So never, never neglect your nutrition, especially your, your hydration. If it gets hot, just check all you check, check everything over. Or just, just don't make any silly mistakes. Don't do anything too erratic at any point. It's an Ironman. A few seconds even there, the grand scheme of things aren't going to make any difference. So if you need to just hold back while someone cuts in front of you, just do it because it's not going to determine your race. But if if you do something daft and come off, just get them over. I think as well, there's a big thing around respecting the distance and especially after the year or so, the 15 months that we've had where we haven't been able to race, that we haven't had the opportunity to maybe do a sprint or an Olympic or even to build up to 70.3 and to Ironman, that you do actually have to respect the fact that it is a long day out and it's a long race. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's back to again, making sure you, you don't neglect your nutrition. Um, yeah, it is a long day. And just remember that because... If you don't, yeah, you, you're. Um, it's a long walk that marathon, and you, you don't want to be doing that. Oh, I was looking at it like this. He's like, it, it's supposed to be, and if you do it right, it'll be a, a special day. But it can also be an absolute nightmare. So just remember that it should feel comfortable for a good spell of that race. You, you don't want it feeling too challenging too early because there's a long way to go. Yeah, are going to are they going to be chasing you down, Brian? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But like I said, I, I know how it's going to pan out, especially on you know from the start with a swim. 
I don't know how it's going to start as well this race with the rolling. I, I don't you might know more than me, Joe. I was going to work at the top end with. And I know it's going to be rolling start, but I don't know whether pros are going to go off earlier. I just don't know what, what the plan is. Um, so we'll know more. Because I know in the past the pros have gone off like a good few minutes earlier, so it, 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 you're not really getting in the race with them, which is which I, I, hope, I hope we're close. I hope we're close in, in that regard. I can't recall the exact timings, but I, I don't think there's a huge difference between the times that the professional athletes go off and the age groupers. I don't think there's a huge chunk of time. I know there's an extra pontoon in this year in the middle so that when you go in for your second lap, you go off the middle pontoon and not off the, the original pontoon. So it should make things a little bit easier for right. athletes to get back in the water and a bit smoother. So that was one of the big changes to the swim this year. That's um, good. I think, I think that, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I want to move across to our audience questions because we did get some questions coming in on our Instagram. And the first question, and it's probably the most important question of the whole lot. And if you get this wrong, you'll probably end up in trouble on Sheep House Lane. But the Sheep House Lane wrestlers would love to know who's your favourite wrestler. Well, out of the Sheep House wrestlers? Yeah. I've no idea. I've no idea. I, I, I'm, I'm not really... I love them being there, but I don't take much notice when I'm going past. I'm in a race. Um, I do love them being there, though. It's such a, it's so good for the atmosphere. Um, I don't know who they are. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint. So the best answer you could probably give them is that you're all my favourite. Absolutely. Right answer. Yeah. Okay, so we could probably delete what you've just said there and just go back and say, <laughs> they're all amazing and you're all my favourite. Um, right, yeah. yeah. So the next question is from a lionheart.try on Instagram. How long did it take to become so strong on the bike? Um, five years. I'm still getting stronger. Um, it's, it's ongoing, isn't it? But yeah, it, it, from when I started in 2011, I, I was naturally pretty strong, whether that was from a footballing background, I, I really don't know. But I started really upping my bike and taking it seriously, probably in 13. And then, yeah, probably a good few years before I started started noticing it. It does take time. And it's a lot of just, just it doesn't come all at once. You know, people who think you've got quick fixes, it just doesn't happen. It's, it's miles and miles and miles and endless hours that make the difference. It comes back to that word consistency again, doesn't it? Always, always, yeah. yeah. Then our final question here, Rami asks, how are you going to feel when your coach athletes start to beat you? I'm very proud. That's something that's, it makes me laugh because I have, I have experienced coaches actually get a bit funny when their athletes beat them. But I mean, that's just nuts for me. It's win-win, isn't it? If, if you've helped someone to actually get to a point where they're beating you, then I'm the proudest guy in the world. I mean, I, I know he's probably saying it tongue-in-cheek, but, but no, I... I, I have every hope that my athletes come and beat me. <laughs> um, well, not at the time. They, they won't respect me for letting them beat me. But if they did and it was, you know, fair game, then I'm first person. And obviously I'm, I'm playing a part in that. So, yeah, I'm one happy guy. And yeah. what about coaching from the other perspective then, Brian, in terms of being a coached athlete yourself? Are you a good athlete to coach? Do you do what you're told when you're told? Yeah. Yeah, I do, because it doesn't make no sense not to. Otherwise, you... Why, why, why employ him as a coach? You know, um, I employ a coach because he pushes me, and I, and I feel like I need that structure um, in my my daily routine. And uh, if you don't have faith in your coach, then you you shouldn't have a coach. You coach a different coach. So if you if you believe in them and you do what they say, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a good I'm a good athlete to coach. 
would you have been a good student in school? So if you're an A plus athlete to coach, would your report cards in school have been an A plus as well? Or were you a bold young fella? No, to be honest, I was a good kid. Yeah, I always worked hard. I've, just, I've always worked hard and listened to people who know better than me. And yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, Joe. I'm, I'm, I think I think I always had good reports to, to go back to my parents with. Uh, yeah. So speaking of your parents and your school days and, and growing up, what or who has been the biggest influence in your life to date? My mum and dad, hands down. Um, it, it, see, anything you do in life, doesn't it? It comes from your, it, it comes from how you've been brought up and, and what's installed in you from, from being very, very young. All my principles, my morals, they all come from my mum and dad. Um, so just by far and away, no one comes close to them. So I would say if they're proud of me, then obviously I've got a small, my own family now and I know they're, they're proud of me because if, if you do things right in life and, and you live right, um, I think good things happen. Do you see a future in sport for your two children? <laughs> I do, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get them swimming and biking and running. And are you going to be the pushy dad on the sideline? <laughs> are you going no. to just let, and push them into swimming? Or are you going to let them choose what they want to do themselves? No, I mean, I'll open doors for them to see if, if, they, if, they, if they like it. Um, I think it's from a parent's point of view, give them opportunities. Um, and I, and I certainly will do that, but it, I won't be pushing them. No, I think you do that and there's every chance they'll just rebel. Um, hopefully, hopefully they will, because sport and this sport, especially what we're involved in, I think it's, I think it's by far and away the best. I really do. When, when you look back now to maybe the time when you finished your footballing career and the disappointment and maybe the, I suppose, the, the sadness maybe for a word that, that you might have had at the time of, of, of not going all the way or maybe having to step back. And now you look at the career that you have in sport, you know, do you think if you'd become a professional full-time footballer, you'd be enjoying life as much now? Or is that a silly question? No, it's not silly. No, I think it's done right. I, I think I think it's very true. I, I think things happen for a reason in life, and and the path, the path that's that's come about now is is I could not be happier. I'm, I'm a very happy person. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I, for me, it's, it's not about money. It's not about. It's about being happy. Um, and I'm very, very happy. I'm very blessed that way, Joe. I, uh, yeah. The football thing, I don't know regrets. I give my best and things happen like they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, just just the path that we, we, we end up on, isn't it? And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very happy. And my final question. If you could win any race in the world, what would it be? It'd have to be Bolton again. Yeah, it'd have to be Bolton again because um, last year my mum fell ill the, 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 the night before and I'm running around I'm on bike and my mum and dad have been at every race I've ever I thought where's my mum and, and my, my brothers and, and all they tried to like just make out with, oh she's just down there so I'm, I'm as I go around his lap I'm like I've not seen my mum yet what was and, and on the run my brother sort of said she's alright she's so and so I just obviously I had to I had to carry on with the job at hand because I was in a position that I, I couldn't let slip. But um, she wasn't there for the day. She was into an hospital. So I, I feel like I owe her one. Um, so I know, it's, I know it's a big ask, but I, uh, I want to be there. I wanted to be there when uh, hopefully I could cross that line. 
Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time out of an uber-packed pre-race schedule to join me on the show today. I really have enjoyed chatting with you and I am so excited and I can't wait to see you on the finish line in Bolton and to see you over race weekend. I wish you the very best of luck between now and then with your tapering and getting ready for the race and with all of your preparation. I shall see you in the UK in a few short days' time. Thanks, Joel. Looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. I'd love to connect on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by and say hi and let me know what you think of the show. If you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be impressed and inspired by our guests. Don't forget to check out our brand new website on www.trytalkingsport.com. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day.